Welcome to Splainin', a podcast where two guys explain things to each other that they should know. But don't. I'm Evan Smith. And I'm Jeff Sims. Here we are. And here we are. In the Splain Loft. In the Splain Pod Loft. The Splain... I think we've landed on Splain Loft. Splain and Dolly Dude Loddle Day. Ah, interesting. Yes. Well, Evan, guess what? Go on. Welcome <laughs> to episode... 21! 2-1, baby! <laughs> That's going to be our new intro. I'm here we're, for it. Let's get rid of Welcome to Splain and Podcast, blah, blah, blah. Let's just go... Episode 27! To... <laughs> yeah. 2-7, baby! I'm okay with that. I'm fine with it. It keeps the energy high at the beginning. Yep. And and makes and makes it certain that the energy will dip at some point. Exactly. It you almost know? guarantees that yeah. it will drop off. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's our mandate. I think that's what we're aiming for. Start with a bang mm-hmm. um so that people listen. Yeah. And then if they fade off, who cares? Yeah. That's the title of your sex tape. <laughs> <laughs> Start with a bang and then slowly taper off. <laughs> and who cares? And who cares? I don't. Nope. Nope. Um an eventful weekend for us. We had an unks weekend. We had an unks weekend. Well, was, unks is a bit of an inside thing, but a little bit, yeah. It stemmed from me being an unk to Ruby to Ruby, right? Yeah. yeah. When we got a dog, yep. you were Uncle Jeff to Ruby, yep. so we started calling you Unk. But at one point, I accidentally said, "Come on, Ruby, get in the car with Uncle Dad." Yes. And then every then it became Uncle Mom, Uncle Dad, Uncle Jeff. Yeah. And then we all became uncles. Then we all became unks. Mm-hmm. And then upon the inauguration, uh, Catherine became a certified unk as well. Yep. Uh, and now we have Uncle Harrison and Uncle Ollie. Yep. And it, we're all unks. And we're all unks. So last night was an unk night. It was an unk night. And we went to the rec room, which if you haven't been to a rec room, they're great. They're lovely. I had the most fun. I was very excited the entire week leading yep. up to it. Yeah, I, I was amped. The last time I went out with friends. Uh-huh. Don't know. Like in the, in the evening like, times. Yeah, in the evening times. Yeah. When the sun goes down. <laughs> Last time I've been outside in the dark, <laughs> I don't know. I haven't been outside since I don't know when. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, but it was a really, really fun night. Lots of games. A couple of bevies. Really enjoyed it. Some terrible food. Really bad food. And it's it's bad because I continuously say it's not good food. And I always order food and I always hate it. Yeah. It was the things that were fine were fine. Like like mm. the chicken sliders were like these are fine. Oh, They're yeah. not good. They're fine. I would eat another one. Sure. Yeah. The the supreme poutine was supremely the shits. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was real bad. It, it was, was like good. the cheese on top was like weird. It was like the times when Tiffany was eating vegan and we would try and make like <laughs> pretend cheese out of like potatoes. Literally, I'm not even joking. It would be like potatoes and nutritional yeast and whatever. And like sometimes the recipe would be great, but you're like, this isn't anything. Like no. this is fine because it is what it is. I'm not, yeah. I don't, I know it's not cheese. This was advertised as cheese. Yeah. I was afraid that it was similar to concrete, that if you left it just a little bit too long, it would solidify. Right. And that's kind of what happened. There was a point when one of you <laughs> once it was in your, your fry, oh. it just didn't. Budge. I thought you meant once it was inside. <laughs> gross too uh but it was really really fun i really enjoy it and i have no problem saying the food was bad because everything else about the spot and the so experience good. is phenomenal rec room if you need if you need ads we will do them for you yes but we will not be paid in french fries we will not be paid in french fries but oh, no, no no their poutine was good but the supreme poutine was not good yeah we yeah. could be paid in in credits Ooh, credits yeah yeah i'm all about credits i'm here for that the more mario kart the better yep maybe another extra row of mario kart reserved for us at all times so yes. we don't have to wait because there was like kids and yeah. I was like what are you doing here 
Absolutely. It's 9 p.m. Go yeah, home. Yeah, there were some tiny babies there. Yeah, it in was like li- in a in a car, um, car seat. Yeah, in a, a stro- in a car seat in a stroller. No, in a car seat in a shopping cart. Ah, uh, thank you. <laughs> in a shopping cart. Yeah. Yes, it was a little unsettling. I was unsettled by it. Yes. Yeah. Quite a lot. Actually. I'm I'm, st- I'm not settled yet. No. <laughs> Neither is the cheese. <laughs> yeah, that may have something to do with the yeah, food. That's <laughs> And then we had breakfast this morning. We had brunch. Yeah, it was a banana pancake gunk day. It was you didn't like them. I loved them. I had like four. Oh, did you? Yeah, I had a lot. Oh, did you have more when I left? Uh no. I was felt uh, like yes, I did. Because I going in, Tiff and I were both like, I don't know how much Jeff is gonna like these. Like this isn't a Jeff thing. No, I love it. And I sort of was like I felt like I was watching you being like, How much is he liking these? No, I ate it. The the strange thing was the maple syrup. I was like, Where's Aunt Jemima? Oh, we probably have some for you. Yeah. Um, but to be honest with you, it was delicious, and I loved every bit of it. Oh, and you—I mean, I, normally I'd say you have to say that now because like, no, but you don't. You I can, don't have you to. You can tell the truth. I can always tell the truth. Yeah, that is, this is but a safe space. It's a very safe space, indeed. It's it is. very white. Hmm. So like safe, but like you could see the splatter on the walls. You know? Yeah, what I mean? you could see the shame. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Maybe we'll do something about that. Maybe we're gonna have to. This is the first time we're recording with a door. Yes, the door is closed. The door is closed. So it what happens in the, in the Splain Loft stays in the Splain Loft, but then gets published on every form. You know what we should do? Tell me. On the outside of the door, we put a... Uh, on recording? Recording a in progress. A little prog- light? And we flick the light? Yeah, yes. that's a great idea. Oh, recording in progress, yeah. or whatever. It's like a red light? Yep. Yep. Um, yep. Yep. Buddy. Hold on. Give me five minutes. I'm going to go on Amazon and Google it really quick. Let's see how much it's going to cost me to get it. Ding, ding, ding. I'm not ding, actually going to do it. Oh, okay. Um, so, before we jump into this week's episode, uh, a couple of corrections Please and do. things to note. Mm-hmm. Um, so, starting off, Bogarts, the jewelry store that we mentioned in last week's episode, yes. actually has two locations. One location inside the Avalon Mall, as we yes. had discussed, and mm-hmm. one on Stavanger Drive. Ah. Yes. In addition to that, the, he, they also own... Uh, Davana's the Swarovski crystal there next to the food court. Yeah, that's also them because Bogart is his his son's name. Yeah, and Davana is his daughter's name. There we go. Yep, the things you learn. Yep. Um, I do have. It's not necessarily a correction, but more of um. Yeah, sure. We'll call it whatever you want. October tenth, two thousand seventeen. Sears Canada announced that it would mm. seek court approval to shut down all of its remaining stores within Canada mm-hmm. and lay off 11,240 employees. Wow! The approval was granted by the Ontario Superior Court on October the 13th, 2017. The remaining Sears closed January 14th, 2018. Sears Canada is no longer an active company. There is a Sears in the U.S. that is still running strong. Well, here, are you positive they're still running strong? Yeah, I, yeah. well, because I mean, here, okay, let me, they're still running. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. Because here's a weird thing. I was listening to the Good Place podcast this week, and Ooh. Sears came up. Yep. And I was like, oh, I guess there is a Sears in the States, because yep. this, uh, like, they're all American. And then they made a, uh, some sort of illusion or joke to like, yeah, that didn't go so well. And I was like, oh, all of the Sears are shut down. But like they didn't elaborate on it. It was just like a mm. joke. So maybe I need to go back and recorrect my correction. Maybe. Because well, when I when I Googled it, it came up that the Canadians were, were right. shut down. But it did say like Sears.com, like Sears in you the US. You can still go to it. Yeah. Ah. Um, I don't know. But, but that being said, like maybe there was just a very dramatic yeah. cut. If if they close them in Canada, they can't be doing too hot in the states. They might still be around, but like well, like they, Target, still rocking in the states. Still rocking in the states. Oh yeah, it's a party in the USA. I love Target. Listen, don't we all? 
I bought a lovely air mattress there for very cheap. That is, there are a couple of locations every time Catherine and I go to the States. Mm. Uh, we always have to go to the Olive Garden because uh, it is just yeah. a pleasure. I've heard you talking about the Olive Garden it's more than so once. It's so good. Yeah, yeah. And we have to go to Target. Mm. That's just, uh, it doesn't matter where we're going, mm. we have to go to those two locations. Yeah. That's the first thing we do. We get to our Airbnb or hotel or condo yeah. and we Google Olive Garden. Don't care if it's 50 kilometers or 50 miles. We're going. We're going. And then Target. Mm. Always. Well, I mean, you'd save the money on gas by going to an Olive Garden. Honest to God. Because it's quality food for a quality price. Mm -hmm. Call us now. (laughs) (laughs) Save 15% by going to olivegarden.com slash splainin'. Those are things. I love those. When it's like, podcasters are like, you can save by doing blah, blah, blah. Those are called ads. I know, but I really want to be able to do them. Do you want to do them because you want to feel validated to give promotions? I know, or I'd like do you to want make to make money. money? Yeah, uh, money. Also, well, both. I'd yeah. feel validated that I was making money. Me too. <laughs> Me too. Uh, okay. One further thing. Yes? Uh, speaking of boats uh, ramming each other. Um, I'm sorry? Boats ramming each other. When did we speak about that? In last week's episode. Oh, oh two yes. Two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Cleopatra. Two weeks. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Sorry, it was two weeks ago. Okay. Um, my friend Nathan called me, or our friend Nathan Stanley? called me. Stanley? Yeah. Okay. Because he likes boats. He loves boats. He loves boats. <laughs> he loves boats. And didn't he call me? No, Jeff. I heard you talking about the boats. And I love boats. You know what I love boats? I go to law school now, but I love boats. So, speaking of boats. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> you can't just do an Nathan impression because no one will know what you're saying. But I want them to close their eyes and paint a picture of Nathan by the sound of my voice. Beefy. Start mm. start with beefy. Yeah. A deep guttural voice that yeah. only copious amounts of scotch yeah. and sea legs would <laughs> nice. would, would, would build. Um, but he did confirm yeah. that there are different uh, sizes of boats that would indeed just ram each other, yeah. which is I still think is a hilarious uh, turn of phrase. Yeah. But there's uh, triremes and biremes. And there are types of boats that are rowing. They have oars. Yes. And you can have two to three, try or buy, um, different layers of them. And that would dictate how they would ram into each other based on their size. Because if there was too many oars, right. they would have they would be unprotected on those sides. Uh, so as approaching boats would come up, they'd be like, oh, it's a trireme. Yeah. We have to hit them from a specific side. Because in order for them to have the oars, they wouldn't have protective sidings. Right. I was like, that's really cool. He's like, yeah. And another thing about boats. He's like, well, <laughs> No. I love them. I love them. I love boats. Um, and then after hanging up the phone, he sent me like five articles of stuff right. about boats that I'm not going to read. No. But I appreciated the input, and I appreciated that he listened. So yes. it was it was very very. Lovely. Actually, there was what's it called a trireme. Trireme. Yeah, I, I thought it was I thought it was trireme. So uh, like like, like Arlene, trireme, darling. trireme. Yeah. <laughs> Good night, trireme. Good night. Um, yeah, I I read I saw when I was looking up the whole thing about the boats. Sure. About the three layer, two layer thing, but yeah, I was yeah. like, "That's irrelevant for what I mean." But I didn't realize it was it was specific to like um, uh, when you're planning something and like strategy. St- strategy. Thank you. I didn't realize it was strategic. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, I'll say that's a weird word for you to forget. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but apparently Cleopatra and the Egyptians were not like actually good on the water. Like they didn't. No, clearly they fled. Yeah, they yeah. were not good. And apparently there was a full people called the Sea People. Or, yeah, the sea people. They didn't have a country. They were just known as the sea people. And they just lived on the sea? I suppose. Like I mean, they The were seaweed's just... always greener. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Let's go and ram that boat. <laughs> ram that boat. Yeah. Uh, and I have one more. Oh, my God, Jeff, go. I know, sorry. Where are you, me? 
I know, honestly. Uh, and this was an email sent in. Okay. And um, it was a suggestion. Uh, and they said, hi, Evan and Jeff. Love the podcast. Hold on, just scroll down. Perfect. Love the podcast. Everything sounds great. I would love for you to retell the t- bleh, to retell the story of when Jeff asked Evan to be his best man at his wedding. You shut up. Jeff, you can't do this to me right now. I really didn't think it was going to be me. Evan! Oh, I'm so happy. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> oh God. Okay. You just have so many friends. I do have a lot of friends. Oh, and they all listen to the podcast, and now they all hate me. None of them listen to the podcast. <laughs> I don't even listen. But to the podcast. you know what? They don't listen to the podcast. You create the podcast, and so do you, buddy. And, so and we are going to create your marriage together. That's how this works, right? No, you think so? I've never been a best man. No. Um, oh, God. I didn't expect to get emotional about that, but here we are. There we go. Um, oh, you asshole. Sorry, bye. No, it's good. I love you. Um, well, this, let's cheers. Let's cheers to this. Oh, oh I'm all Twitter painted. <laughs> <laughs> do, do you know what that means? No. It Bambi. It's actually not a very... Now that I, I'm go, about to explain it to you, you're going to be like, that's not what you mean. No, is that it's, the moment when Bambi's legs can't stand on the ice? <laughs> <laughs> it is not. Um, it's the moment like when they, they, like, they start falling in love with like the other... like When they basically like Bambi and the rabbit and Thumper or whatever start going through puberty and they're like, oh, what's wrong with them? They're Twitter-pated. And like off goes like the rabbit. Yeah, I certainly hope that's not how you feel. No, that's not really what I meant. But it, it felt like a good word for the moment. Like a flustery... Fluttery, yeah. Fluttery, yeah. yeah. yeah Interesting. Like butterflies. Well, I'm glad you s- uh, accept. I do. Excellent. I do, and Excellent. I will. He said yes. He said yes. <laughs> um, Yay! Okay, more about that later, privately. Um, so, I mean, just like, I'm not going to continue to talk about how excited I am and, like, that I've talked to Tiffany about, like, you know, it'd be really special, but, I, I, you know, Jeff's got a lot Let's of friends. Let's not get his hopes up. <laughs> Kind of. Anyway, and because we've talked at length about your wedding party. Yes, well, the only reason I haven't spoken to anybody else about it because I've had like other friends being like, so like, how you come along? Like, who are you going right. to have stand? And I was like, I don't know yet, but you were the only one who I openly like was had right. the discussion with because right. I think it was very known that you were going to stand to me. Stand well, yeah, I told you that I was going to. Yeah, in some, capa- <laughs> in some capacity, it was just going to be at what capacity? And I said, you know what? You're the best man. Ugh. Yeah. Thanks. Thank you. I appreciate it. I, I am. I agree. I am and the I, best man. And I man. will be. Um, what was I going to say on that note? I forgot. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Um, I'm Twitter paged. I'm Twitter paged. So shall we... Con- oh, I know what I was going to say. Oh, good. When you started reading the email, I was like, I didn't see... Like, the way you started, I was like, I didn't see that email on the Splendid email. Did they, like, did he email you privately? And if they did, why did they say Jeff and Evan? Yeah. Jeez, that's weird. And the more, like, so I wasn't, like, really in tune with what you were saying. No. You did it very much like a proposal. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah, And yeah, I yeah. liked it. I've never been proposed to, and I hope I never am now. This, well, that, no, you're not going to have to be. That that did it. Yep. Okay, so the Boston Tea Party. The Boston Tea Party. So I was they supposed say... to do Stonehenge. Should I say say? I mean, you can if you'd like. I was meant to do Stonehenge. I read about it for 35 minutes and thought, this is just pyramids. It was a snooze fest. I mean, yeah. it wouldn't be if we hadn't done what we've done. True. But given our back catalog, yes. 
Considering our knowledge. Yeah. Stonehenge felt like, okay, whatever. Yeah. Um, So I called Jeff and I was like, I'm going to change it. So Boston Tea Party, and I'm delighted that I did. Yeah. So here is the extent that I know about the Boston Tea Party. Has something to do with King George? But Are you supposed to tell me that? Ask me. What well, here's do what I, I knew know? before. Oh, okay, okay, cool, cool. Is it has something to do with King George, but I didn't know which one. Sure. And the Americans are all pissed about something. Sure. And I only know that because you say the price of my love's not a price that you're willing to pay. You cry in your tea, which you hurl in the sea when you see me go by. Yep. Why so sad? Uh, that's all I know. That's the extent of what I know. Cool. Do you know anything more about it? I do, but I'm gonna let you keep going. Okay. So in. 17, 7, 7, 1760s. Britain was deep in debt, so the British Parliament began to impose a series of taxes on American colonists to help pay back those debts. The Stamp Act of... <laughs> anyway. Yeah. The Stamp Act of 17... Should I repeat all that? Yeah, please. Okay. I wasn't listening. In the, di- <laughs> in the 1760s, Britain was deep in debt. Good. We're talking deep, deep. Deep, deep. Underground, sea deep. Yeah. So the British Parliament began to impose a series of taxes mm-hmm. on American colonists because America was all colonies of Britain Yep. Uh, to help pay back those debts. The Stamp Act of 1765 taxed colonists on virtually every piece of printed paper they used, Woof. from plain cards to newspapers. Woof. The, <coughs> the Townsend Act of 1767 took it further, taxing essentials such as paint, paper, glass, lead, and tea. Mm. Foreshadowing. Mm. The British felt the taxes were fair since much of the debt they earned fighting wars on behalf of the colonists. But the colonists said, I'm going to let you finish. But mm. Beyonce had one of the greatest albums of all time. Yeah. So they, they disagree with them entirely. <laughs> Have you seen that video? I did. I watched it recently. On the t- Tiffany was watching the Taylor Swift documentary. Yeah. It's a lot. Well, like, it, was, it was Taylor Swift's inauguration into the Illuminati, remember? <laughs> oh, yeah, right. Yeah. But like, watch, I've never seen the video. And watching it was like, mm. this is. It's cringeworthy. Oh, you it's sit there and you're like, why? It. You're like, stop. Stop. And you're watching her, no. and you're going, she, she's going to be broken from this. And she was. She blatantly says, like, it took me down yeah. for a very long time. Oh, I bet. Um, so the colonists disagreed. They were angry that they were being taxed, but they weren't able to have any representation in parliament. Yep. So there was no colonist able to be part of the government. Nope. And they didn't like that the British were imposing taxes simply to gain revenue. The things start to escalate. On March 5th, 1770, a street brawl breaks out in Boston between American colonists and British soldiers. Mm. The fight began after a group of colonists, frustrated with the presence of British soldiers just walking the streets, started to throw snowballs, ice, and oyster shells. Oyster shells? Oh, yeah. At the British Sentinel guarding the Boston Customs House. Reinforcements arrive, because apparently the British can't handle a simple playground snowball fight. Nope. So they just start open firing. Rifles. Oh, yeah. Oh, good. Uh, they kill five colonists and they wound six. The event was later known as the Boston Massacre. Whoa. And it's fallout inside of the colonist rage towards the British. Obviously. Boston Massacre. I know. It's a little massacre feels a little bit mm, I mean, not if I was like if the guy who died was me dad, I suppose. No, but, but like I mean, five like, deaths. Like didn't they like call the shootings at Las Vegas like that was a massacre? Columbine was a massacre. Like they call like I don't know if there's a numeric limit to a massacre. Clearly. Yeah. Right? I mean, it was a massacre in that, like, the other side... I think, I think massacre implies... One side killed all One side was defenseless, people. basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One side was throwing ice pellets. One, yeah, one was throwing one had guns. Balls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, of course, this pissed off the Boston people even more. They're Obviously. Like, we all hate the British now. Yep. Uh, the British eventually repealed the taxes they had imposed on the colonists, 
presumably once they made their money back, they're like, we're good now. Yep. But they kept the tea tax. Mm. That's the only one they kept. That's weird. They weren't about to give up the tax revenue on the nearly <laughs> 1.2 million pounds of tea wow. the colonists, colonists drank per year. Well, you know what pairs really well with oysters? Tea. Tea. 1.2 uh, million pounds of it at that. Yep. Uh, in protest, the colonists boycotted tea sold by British East India Company and smuggled in Dutch tea. Mm. Uh, but it wasn't like a few of the buyers got together and said, like, I'm not drinking Pepsi anymore, I'm drinking Coke. Yeah. Like, literally everyone boycotted British tea to the point where the British India, uh, British East India Company was left with millions of pounds of surplus tea and were facing bankruptcy. They're like, they took them down. They're like, no. Wow. We got this, buys. No more tea. Wow. Also, why tea? I mean, I know tea, but, like, it doesn't seem the thing i guess it, it represents english culture it, it it represents that and i guess but, but even like, though the tea came from china but like in Bo- like in boston was a tea really? in, the, in all the colonies yeah there was 13 colonies in the states one of them was massachusetts and one of them and throughout all of them they like said, new york yeah 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 whatever the other ones were sure good. um but uh, yeah they all were like that's where they got their tea from interesting there was no tea in the states nope. um so yeah anyway so they uh, yeah they left them with millions of pounds surplus tea and their face of bankruptcy. So point to the colonists. Mm-hmm. Your move, Brits. In May of 1773, British Parliament passed the Tea Act, which allowed the British East India Company to sell tea to the colonies duty-free and much cheaper than the other tea companies, but they would still pay the tea tax when it reached colony ports. They're like, no, we're still not going to buy that tea. I don't care if it's cheaper than the, the Dutch tea. We don't like you British people. Mm. Um, tea smuggling increased. <laughs> tea smuggling. Um, imagine, like, you're in prison. Yeah. What are you in for? Smuggling tea. Smuggling tea. Tetley? Nan loves red no. rolls. Yeah. <laughs> Good things all around. Um, the cost of the smuggled tea soon surpassed that of British tea with added tea tax. But, like, as I said, colonists were like, nope, don't care. Still drink, not drinking British tea. Yeah. Prominent tea smugglers, such as John Hancock and Samuel Adams, <gasps> names that we've heard before. Indeed. Um, and I'll tell you. Uh, um, oh, good. Point being, a bunch of names are going to come up that I'm like, I've heard these names. I don't know why they're anything. Well, Samuel Adams is a beer. Yes, but aside from that, why is he a thing? Sure. Well, he so smuggled I tell tea. you later. <laughs> I'm gonna. I give you a rundown of all the famous people. Oh, lovely. Um. So in come the Sons of Liberty, <sighs> a group of colonial merchants and tradesmen who really amped up the protests. Okay. This group includes prominent patriots such as Benedict Arnold, Benedict Arnold, Paul Revere, as well as Adams and Hancock. Mm-hmm. Heard those names before? Yep. Yeah. Didn't know why. Still don't know. I mean, I do, but I'll tell you. Good. Led by Adams, the Sons of Liberty held meetings rallying against British Parliament and protested the arrival of the British ship Dartmouth that had arrived in port carrying tea. Mm -hmm. By December 16th, 1773, Dartmouth had been joined by her sister ships, Beaver and Eleanor. (laughs) (laughs) The three best ship names. Yeah. Was in port. Dartmouth, the Beaver, and the Eleanor. Yeah. Uh, They were all loaded with tea. Three ships in in the harbor loaded with tea. That morning, thousands of colonists convened at the wharf and surrounding streets. A meeting was held at the Old South Meeting House, where a large group of colonists voted to refuse to pay taxes on the tea or allow the tea to be unloaded, stored, sold, or used. They're like, don't get off the boats, buys. Keep it on it. Yeah. The government refused to allow the ships to return to Britain and ordered the tax be paid and the tea unloaded. The colonists said, get off the stage, Kanye, and refused to pay the tax. Get off. So that night... Under the cover of darkness, Ooh. as the fog rolled in, was there fog? and the wind blew from the east, 
the moon eerily shining over the Ripley tides. <laughs> I wasn't sure how far you were going to let me go before no, you... <laughs> each sentence, my eyebrow raised a little, a little higher. Descriptor, descriptor, descriptor. <laughs> uh, so a large group of men, mainly reportedly members of the Sons of Liberty, mm. disguised themselves in Native American garb. Good. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it's a little tender. Uh, boarded the docked ships. George Hughes, who was there that night, and is here with us now. George? George? <laughs> George said, uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Uh, George said, We were ordered by our commander to open the hatches and take out all the chests of tea and throw them over- overboard. And we were immediately um, proceeded to t- execute his orders. First, cutting and splitting the chest with our tomahawks, because they're in costume. So they got the tomahawks. Sure. So as to thoroughly expose them to the effects of the water. So they weren't going to, like, take any chances. Bust them open, make sure the tea is ruined. Yep. They dumped 342 chests of tea in the ocean. Wow. It took nearly three hours for more than 100 colonists to empty the tea into Boston Harbor. The chests held more than 90,000 pounds of tea. What did that do to the poor old fish by? It's a very good question. Mm. They're, they got lots of flavor. I bet they made some nice yeah. fresh bread, too, yeah. afterwards, too, didn't they? Um <laughs> Uh, so yeah, ninety thousand pounds of tea, which would cost nearly one million dollars today. Now we're talking now, buying, say- <laughs> we're talking buying power now, Jeff. Yes. Um, many of the colonists were thrilled when they learned that Boston Harbor was covered in tea, but others weren't. I wonder if George they Washington, after he came home and taught them how to say goodbye, yeah. <laughs> voiced strong disapproval of their conduct in destroying the tea. Uh, Benjamin Franklin insisted the British East India Company be reimbursed for the lost tea and even offered to pay for it himself. Go on. I know. That's what I said. Go on, Ben. Why don't you sell your old wooden teeth, you gum splintered nobody? <laughs> 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 that came from a real place. Benjamin Franklin obviously offended Evan. Wooden teeth is weird to me. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no one was hurt, and aside from the destruction of the tea and a padlock, no property was damaged or looted during the Boston Tea Party. The participants reportedly swept the ship's decks clean before they left. So they were all just all Canadian. Um, <laughs> oh, sorry about that. Uh, sorry about that. Just going to... Uh, but I mean, that's the kind of guys you'd invite over like for a party again. You'd invite them to back. To clean up. Yeah, right? You'd say, like, yeah, sure, they make a mess themselves. when they're here, but they clean up before they yeah, leave. Yeah, and they leave a river full of tea. Yeah, you know? Yeah. Hard on the old liquor cabinet. But, yes, uh, yes, but but good on the soul. Good on the soul and, and cleans up after themselves. Yeah, yeah, good. Um, yeah. Thanks to the Native American costumes, only one of the tea party culprits was arrested and imprisoned. His mom didn't sell him a very good costume. No. <laughs> <laughs> he was like me in grade seven. I went, I went as the, um, I, I think it was like the day before. I was like, I don't know what I'm going to be, Google. And I went as a serial killer, uh, C-E-R-E-A-L. Okay. And I wore a trench coat with those little tiny like boxes of cereal. hotel boxes of cereal with like knives and blood dripping through them. Mm, yeah, serial killer. Yeah, it's not good. Mom did not help. No. Uh, despite the lack of violence, the Boston Tea Party did not go unanswered by King George the Third. The Third. He was the Third. Mm. In retro, or was he the Thirteenth? How many no- Roman numerals? <laughs> I, I, I. 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 <laughs> Uh, in retribution, they passed the. <laughs> uh, they passed the coercive acts, later known as the intolerable acts. Ooh. They closed Boston Harbor entirely until the tea, lo- uh, tea lost was paid for. 
Shut her down. They ended the Massachusetts constitutions and ended free elections of town officials. So they just appointed town officials. Bye. They moved judicial authority to Britain and British judges, basically creating martial law in Massachusetts. Yep. Uh, plus other stuff that wasn't exciting. I had too many words I didn't understand. Great. Um, the British hoped that these acts would stop the rebellion in New England mm. and keep the remaining colonies from united, uniting. But the opposite happened. The colonies saw these laws as evidence of Britain's tyranny and rallied to Massachusetts' aid, sending supplies and plotting further resistance. Yep. Elected delegates from all 13 colonies got together on September 5th, 1774 to figure out um, how to assist uh, resist British oppression. Who's there? Well, you know, our key players, we're talking Sam Adams. Yeah. We're talking John Hancock. Yeah. Also, George Washington, mm-hmm. Ben Franklin, and yep. Thomas Jefferson. Of course. All of them are there. By the time they adjourned over a month later, they'd written the Declaration, which mm-hmm. eventually became what we know today as the Declaration of Independence, yep. which did a variety of things. It censored Britain for passing the Coercive Acts and called for their repeal. It established a boycott of British goods, declared the colonies had the right to govern independently, and rallied colonists to form and train a colonial militia. Whoa. Yep. Love it. Months later, the shot heard around the world rang out in Concord, Massachusetts, sparking the start of the American Revolutionary War. Yeah. Which is a super cool phrase. The shot heard around the world. The shot heard. Uh, It wasn't a specific shot fired by a single human, but essentially the battle of, um, what was it called? Concord, Massachusetts. Whoever fired that first shot, like that was the beginning of the revolution. Yeah. And created the United States of America in all of its shit show of a glory right now. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yep. Uh, There's one other time that the shot heard, heard around the world was used. Tell me. Uh, the assassination of Franz Ferdinand. Yes, with the beginning of World War One. Yep, that shot was like the shot heard around the world. Yep. Uh, I don't know n- anything about that. I don't know who oh. Franz Ferdinand was. It was the Archduke Franz Ferdinand. I knew that much. And um, anyway, don't the... tell me. Okay. Explain to me another time. And I will. I would love like you don't have to go like in depth World War One, but like yeah. I don't know why they were fighting. Sure. I'll so Franz Ferdinand, World War One, future episode. Sure. Um, so that's the Boston Tea Party. I love it. Now I have fun facts about our key players. Ooh, ooh, tell me, tell me, tell me. So Benedict Arnold. Benedict Arnold, which also Catherine's nephews call my dog. Benedict Arnold? Yep. Nice. Have you heard the expression before, like you're such a Benedict Arnold? I haven't heard the expression. Oh, I heard it in a movie or something. Like a kid called another kid like, go on, Benedict Arnold. And I was like, how do you know that reference? I don't know that reference. You're just a cultured kid who knows his history. (laughs) So Benedict Arnold is synonymous with traitor. If you call someone a Benedict Arnold, it means you're a traitor. So he started off as such a good guy. Mm. He was appointed military governor of Philadelphia and got way in over his head, spending more money than he could afford. On he what? was laden with debt. Tea? Um, what? Did he spend all his money on tea? Uh, no, he was a big gambler. <gasps> um, Congress wouldn't reimburse him for war expenses that he paid out of pocket, and he believed lesser men were being promoted above him. And he got jaded, and he began negotiating with British officers to defect. I love the word jaded. I know. He Ugh. struck a deal to hand over the American fort at West Point, which is like his fort. It's like he was governor of Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, I'm going to talk to the British now and let them have it. They can just like go kill everybody who's there. Um, but the guy he made the agreement with, Major John Andre, got caught days before this was supposed to go down. <gasps> and on him were letters from oh. Benedict. So like when they search his pockets, they find letters and they go, who are these from? Benedict, Ar- Benedict Arnold? You should just clear your search history, buddy. Seriously. Oh, my God. Uh, he managed to escape before they got him. He escaped to England. 
uh, and his name was erased from Revolutionary War monuments. Wow. Because he was all, he was one of the leading guys. So he's he's the War. Judas of the American Revolution. Yep. Nice. Yep. Yeah, he got through the whole revolution. Well, not the whole revolution, but most of it. And was like, we got this, and then just turned. Uh, what an pa- earth. Paul Revere. So I've heard his name. had no idea why he's a thing. Sure. Same? Yep. Okay. Turns out he's way cooler than Benedict Arnold. He's I like a, He's like the reverse of a Benedict Arnold. So he began his activism as a courier who rode from Boston to New York on horse to spread information about the colonies. There is a poem told about a true event called The Midnight Ride of Paul Revere. You stop. It's amazing. I'm here but for it. But it's like Smoke Room on the Kyle length, so I'm not going to tell you the whole thing right now. Okay. Uh, but what happened was he finds out that the British were moving troops out of Boston yep. and planned to arrest Sam Adams and John Hancock, who were the leaders of the revolution. Yep. So off he goes on horse in the dark because no electricity. So he's like going through country the side pitch black, probably with a lantern or something. Yeah. Benjamin Franklin then's rotted. Yep. Uh, he he makes why is Benjamin Franklin rotted? Didn't he invent electricity? Oh yeah, I think he did. Yeah, um, well he didn't invent it he because of this. It. He's like poor old Paul going poor through the darkness. Paul. Let's see if we can help him here. Now let me take out <laughs> my wooden teeth and start brainstorming. <laughs> Put him in a glass on the side of your bed. <laughs> they just get uh, waterlogged. <laughs> starts molding. Um, he makes it to Lexington and lets Adams and Hancock know, and they avoid arrest. Then he keeps going. He's not going to stop there. He's already ridden from New York to Boston on horse. Mm-hmm. He keeps going. He needs to get to Concord and alert the people there that the British are coming. The British are coming! The British are coming! Um, he's captured before he gets there. Of course. But he gets released, and he had done his job. The following battles at Lexington and Concord sparked the Revolutionary War. Yep. The Americans basically like won those battles because he wrote it. At midnight. Cool. I cannot wait to read that poem. I hope it's a half of what you th- think it oh, is. Oh, it's, yeah. I didn't half of what you say it is. But what a, gra- what a guy. What a guy. So Sam Adams um, was mostly just a founding father. Yeah. Uh, he has a tasty, frothy beer named after him. How boring. So that's good. Uh, two pints of Sam Adams, and I'm working on three. Yeah. Uh, that's my third Hamilton reference. So there we go. Done. Well done. Um, but yeah, all these guys were like, they all signed the Declaration of Independence. Yep. So then there's John Hancock. Yep. Where do you know that from? I don't know that one. You've never heard John Hancock? No. I guarantee you, you have. Oh. You're signing for a package and the guy says, could I just get your John Hancock here? Oh, signature. Right? Okay. Yeah, it's yeah, synonymous yeah. with signature. So two of these guys, their names are synonymous with just a word. Sure. Trader and signature. Why with signature? John Hancock? Well, he was the president of the Continental Congress. So, like, remember when they got together and decided the Declaration thing? Yep. He was the president. And therefore was credited as the first signer of the Declaration of Independence. Oh. Not only was he the first, his signature on the paper, if you look at the Declaration of Independence, his Which I do regularly. It's twice the size of anyone else's. Of course it is. Um, and he was quoted as saying he did it so large and bold so that King George wouldn't even have to put his glasses on to read it. So just like a big old middle figure. He's I like, love it. yeah, 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 that's my name right there. Don't even yeah. put your glasses on. Yeah. And that's John Hancock. And that's, and that's the Boston Tea Party and the, all the boys who were involved. I love it. Excellent. Yep. I love it. Um, in terms of the specifics, like the amount of tea and the reasons why and the sparking of the revolution, mm. I didn't know that it was kind of the catalyst. Right. Yeah. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't, it was actually the catalyst. Yeah. I didn't yeah. know that it was. Uh, I knew that it was based on taxes from the colonies and that they were pissed about that. Yes. But I didn't know that it caused such. Well, it yeah. literally caused the separation from uh, the colonies in, in, in England. Yeah. And it, it caused the country of the US, United, U.S. to begin. That's because, so cool. Yeah. Everybody was so turned with the way they treated Boston. Rotted. That everyone, all the other colonies were like, yeah, no, we got you. Mm-hmm. 
So there you go. I enjoy that. Excellent. Thank um, you for educating me. It's what I do, Jeff. Indeed. I'm so glad you enjoyed it. I did really enjoy it. Tell me everything about whatever you're explaining to me that I can't remember. <laughs> oh, the Battle of Troy. The Battle of Troy. Uh, first off, tell me a little about a little about the Battle of Troy. Well, one thing that I hate oh. is the name Troy. I hate it because it's a very douchey name. It's a very douchey name. Yeah. But now we're talking a city. I mean, sure. This, it's, Troy is a city, right? Y- yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so it's not so bad. I don't mind that. But the no. name Troy is like, oof, I don't like you immediately. Yeah, it's kind of like the high school musical, Troy Bolton. Right. Forgot yeah, that. So yeah, so no. there's a little bit of an innocence to it. He came around, though. Zach he did Efron. come around, yeah. I mean, he was good then, too, but like, no, still yeah. a meh. Yeah. Did you see him do... Um, Oh, what's his name? Serial killer. Ted Bundy? No. Oh, so good. Oh, I can't. We've been talking about watching it for so long because oh, we watched yeah. the actual documentary and then we saw that. But for some reason, we didn't circle back and watch uh, Zac Efron. No, he did us proud. Yeah, I'm he, glad. He did a great job. He I'm is, glad. He was... I do like Zac Efron. Yeah. 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 A little douchey, but... I mean, he's no Vanessa Hudgens. And he's not. <laughs> and he's not. Um, so no. tell me about the Battle of Troy. Oh, no. You want me to tell you what I yeah, know? Yeah, just a little bit. Uh, I've seen the movie Troy. Have you? Yeah, more than oh, once. Well, then what but are we doing this for? I always get it confused with the gladiator. Like while I'm watching, uh, I go, I go like, oh, I can't oh, wait till this oh, scene oh, comes oh, up, and then it oh, never oh, happens. Oh. I'm like, oh right, that's the gladiator. True. And likewise, in the gladiator, I go, can't wait till this scene happens. Nope, that's in Troy. Yeah, so, I mean they're they're related in terms of, I mean they're both epic. So yeah, so again, I'm gonna say something, and it might be talking about the gladiator, might not be. Sure. Which one has Joaquin Phoenix with the hair lip? So that is Gladiator. Okay, so when he smothers his father in the pillow, that's Gladiator. gladiator. Yeah. So, unrelated to Troy entirely. I mean, that is, absolutely. Like, where are they? They're in Greece or something, are they? I don't. I, I can't really remember. Oh. Can't really remember. Also, yeah, okay. So, I know that Helen of Troy does something with Paris. Is he her brother? No, okay. No, that's Gladiator as well. No, that's not Gladiator. You are correct, but you're you're just mixing it up just a little bit. But there's a brother and sister thing going on in the Gladiator. I mean, there's a brother and sister thing happening since Cleopatra. Who's kidding who? Who's kidding who? Who's kidding Ptolemy who? Ptolemy the 7th to 14th. Yeah, 7 to the 14th. Um, okay, <laughs> cool. tell me. Let's dive in. Great. In Greek mythology, the Trojan War was waged against the city of Troy by the Achaeans. Wait, mythology? This is an actual yeah, fact? Yeah, see, this is what's blowing my mind, is that when I did this, one of the biggest disputes is whether or not this actually happened. I thought it was fact. Yeah, there's there's teetering evidence on whether or not it's part of Greek mythology, or whether it's actual uh, fact. When I think mythology, I think, like, the gods. Let's dive in. Okay, please do. Um, so the Achaeans, otherwise known as the Greeks. Mm-hmm. So the war is one of the most important events in Greek mythology and has been narrated through many works of Greek literature, most notably by Homer's Iliad. The core of the Iliad describes a period within four days and two nights within the 10th year of the decade-long siege of Troy. So the battle was about 10 years. Okay. Since this war was considered among the ancient Greeks as either the last event of the mythical age or the first event of the historical age, several dates are given for the fall of Troy. Okay. There are numerous accounts of this and different dates that follow. They range from as early as 1334 BCE all the way to 1172 BCE. Okay. Different accounts and different things like that. The war originated from a quarrel between the goddess Hera... Athena and Aphrodite, 
After Eris, the goddess of strife and discord, uh, discord, I don't know why I said it. Discord. Discord. Discord, discord. discord or that cord. <laughs> <laughs> that was the argument. Which one do you want? Discord or that cord? Discord or that cord. Lord Dine Eris. Um, so Eris <laughs> gave them a golden apple, one singular golden apple. Um, it's sometimes known as the apple of discord. Okay. Marked. Or is it discord? Hmm, who's to say? Okay. But it's marked for the fairest. When they were disputing on who would actually get the apple, none of the gods would weigh in and choose who would be the fairest and the most deserving in fear of the wrath of the goddesses. So they asked the mirror on the wall who was the fairest of them all. Exactly. And okay. they ate the, the, the golden apple, fell asleep, and then Prince Charming came, woke him up, and now we have Sleeping Beauty. The end. The That's end. Snow White, by the way, but go on. Doesn't Sleeping Beauty eat an apple and fall asleep? No, that's She pricks her finger. Yeah, she pricks her finger on spinning wheel. Mm, yes. Idiot. <laughs> Zeus. <laughs> what are you touching sharp objects for? Yeah, honest to God. You had one job. <laughs> Make a sweater. Yeah. <laughs> Don't prick your finger. Um, Zeus sent the goddesses to Paris, son of Priam, the prince of Troy, who upon meeting them could not decide who was the fairest. The goddesses turned to bribery. Um, One offered Paris strength, power, and the fighting skills of all the greatest warriors combined. The other offered him the power of wisdom, guidance, and the ability to conquer many lands. The last, Aphrodite, offered him to marry and to be loved by the most beautiful woman in the world. Which was her? Paris chose Aphrodite as the fairest and rewarded her with the apple. In exchange, Aphrodite promised Helen the most beautiful of all women, oh. to Paris. Okay, so pause. Pausing. Paris is just a regular guy. He's not a god. Yeah, he's just a boy, and she's just a girl. Right. Could not make it any more obvious. Don't know what that song is. He wanted her. She never told. Ever living. Secretly she wanted him cool. as well. Um, so why would the gods be like, let's ask a regular guy? Why wouldn't they just, you know what I mean? Because sometimes in a musical. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, good. Cool. Um, Helen at the time was the wife of Menelaus, the king and ruler of Sparta. Oh. People dispute whether or not Paris's and Helen's love for each other was true or a consequence of Aphrodite's will. Question. Listening. Still movie-based. Yeah. The movie, yep. 300. Yeah. They're Spartans. They're Spartans. Yeah. Is what's his name's meningitis or whatever his name is? Meningitis. meningitis. Menelaus. Yeah. Is he in 300? Is I, he, I don't is know. Is he Russell, Russell, not Russell Crowe? No. Gerard uh, Butler? Gerard Butler. I actually have no idea. Okay. That's a question for Google. Because his correct wife us. is a rocket in that movie. Oh, yeah. But that she's not Helen of Troy. No. Okay. No. So, or maybe, who's to say? Um... So they weren't sure whether or not their love was true or if it was from Aphrodite. Okay. So during a time and piece of celebration amongst the Troy and Spartan Greek um, nations, yep. Paris and his brother Hector, who was also a prince, obviously, um, <laughs> were in Sparta to celebrate peace and prosperity with King Menelaus. Is Sparta its own country? Sure. Okay. Upon being in Sparta, Paris and Helen fell in love fully. Paris convinced Helen to leave Menelaus and join him as princess of Troy. Mm. Mm. The following morning, Paris smuggled Helen upon his ship headed back to Troy, which, once Menelaus found out, 
He was not very pleased. You don't want to fight them Spartans. Mm-mm. Menelaus was a man of many women, drank often, and did not show Helen much respect or decency. Mm. So although he did not truly care for Helen, her betrayal and Paris's theft of her was an unmeasurable insult. And it was. And it was. Menelaus's brother, Agamemnon, used his brother's dispute and hurt to lead an expedition of Achaean troops to Troy to besiege the city. Uh, this is why Helen of Troy is known as the woman with a face that launched a thousand ships. Oh. Mm. Agamemnon, Mem- Menelaus, and the massive army of tens of thousands set course for Troy. All these st- are Spartans? Uh, no, I'll get into that in a second. Okay. Uh, to start the greatest battle of ancient Greece, lasting almost ten years. It was matched by the unyielding power and defenses of the Trojan army. So, just to give a little bit of context on Agamemnon, mm-hmm. he was a massive ruler of the Achaeans as well. But at this point, he was literally, like, similar to Genghis Khan, he was just, like, taking over places one at a time. Okay. And just building to his army, building what to his army. He? what was he? He was a king of, Acha- of the Achaeans. So, Greek. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then uh, his brother mm-hmm. was uh, king of the Spartans. Okay. Cool. So. Oh. That's so when Menelaus came to, yeah, yeah, real, real healthy family, we'll say. Yeah, like, let's team up and take over the world, basically. Yeah. So um, Menelaus then came weeping to Agamemnon and said, you must help me, brother. Let's go back and get her. Brother, brother, help ah, me. Help me. Long live the king. Um, fun fact. Have fun you fact. seen the live action Lion King? No. The only, vo- the only character who was played by the same person? Darth Vader. Absolutely. The only voice that's the same, James yep. Earl Jones. Crushing it. Yeah. Yeah. On Broadway, the actor who played Scar also played Scar on Broadway. The actor from the the original movie? Yep. Played really? Scar for, for quite a while. I didn't know that. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, in the live action movie, he, the guy who plays Scar is great, but he doesn't sing Betrayed at all. He speaks the entire thing. Not betrayed? Be prepared. What's betrayed? Oh, producers. Producers. Sorry. <laughs> that was the last episode where we referenced the producers. Um, so, yeah. So, through that, he went and the two of them combined forces yep. and traveled to Troy. Okay. Um, Menelaus, obviously, to to get Helen back. But it wasn't to get Helen back. He intended on killing her, killing right. Paris. And it was just a pride thing. Absolutely. That was just completely insulted. And where is Troy geographically? Hmm. No one knows? No one knows. Okay. Agamemnon used his brother's hurt as an excuse yeah. to go after Troy. He often sought Troy and he wanted to get it. Okay. And he used that as an excuse. Sure. So not only was the great battle of Troy the greatest battle in Greek mythology, it also introduces us to many great heroes. Like Achilles. Achilles. In Greek mythology, Achilles was a hero of the Trojan War, the greatest of all the Greek warriors, and is the central character of Homer's Iliad. Achilles was invulnerable in all of his body except for his heel. So stupid. Mm -hmm. Because when his mother, Thetis, dipped him in the river Styx as an infant, she held him by one of his heels. Oh. Mm-hmm. Alluding to these legends, the term Achilles' heel has come to a mean a point of weakness, mm-hmm. especially in someone or something with an otherwise strong constitution. The Achilles tendon is also named after him due to these legends. So Homer's Iliad is the most famous narrative of Achilles and his deeds in the Trojan War. 
Is Iliad the uh, the book? The, is it a name of some kind? It's the name of the book or the name of his writings. So okay. Homer is a guy who wrote it. Yes. And Iliad is what it's called. Okay. The Iliad, and I'm sure it's called other things, but that's right. that's all you're getting. But Iliad isn't a person. <clears throat> nope. Okay. Um, Homer is. Yes. Yeah. Uh, in the Simpsons. Uh, yes, indeed. Yeah. Um, so Achilles' wrath is the central theme of the poem. Right. The first two lines of the Iliad read, Sing, goddess, of the raid of Peleus' son Achilles, the accursed rage that brought great suffering to the Achaeans. Mm. The Homeric epic only covers a few weeks of the decade-long war and does not narrate Achilles' death. It begins with Achilles' withdrawal from the battle after being dishonored by King Agamemnon. Which is like the beginning of the movie Troy, right? Pretty well. Yeah. Pretty well it sets it off that their relationship is not even great to begin with. Um, So Agamemnon has taken a woman by the name of Chryses as his slave. Mm -hmm. Her father, a priest of Apollo, begs Agamemnon to return her to him. Agamemnon refuses, and Apollo sends a plague against the Greeks during this war. The prophet Calchas correctly determines the source of the troubles and the plague, but will not speak unless Achilles vows to protect him. Mm-hmm. Achilles goes, nah, suppose so. I'll protect you. So he right. does. And Calchas declares that Chryses must be returned to her father for the plague to be lifted. Okay. Agamemnon finally consents, but then commands that Achilles' battle prize, Bryces, be brought to him to replace Chryses. The names are very similar, so it kind of confuses me. But angry at the dishonor of having his plunder and glory taken away, and also, as he says later, because he loves her, Mm. Achilles refuses to fight in the battle or to lead his troops alongside the other Greek forces. Mm. So just as a little insight on Achilles as being the strongest warrior. Um, And it's kind of a little bit of a tap on the movie as well. Um, he obviously was the greatest warrior. He was invincible. There was many a times and many battles where Agamemnon and his troops would lead themselves to the to the front gates of another town or city or whatever. Yeah. And instead of having a full-on war where hundreds and thousands would die... Your best fighter. They'd go champion for champion. Right. And he'd always choose Achilles, and Achilles would just kill everybody. Right. Right? Um... And so... And the, then the, the army who lost would just surrender? That was it. That was part of the... That was it. Sucks to suck. Honorable, though. Honorable, indeed. Yep. Um... So there's lots of moments like that. Like the beginning scene is like my favorite scene of any movie. That's the only one I can remember ever. Yeah. Like the when, battle like, comes and he goes, up. Achilles! Goes, Achilles! And the guy who comes out from the other side is like this massive guy. Yeah. Massive guy. Yeah. And then the little boy who is sent to go get Achilles. Cause it, oh, a, oh, right. It's Brad Pitt. Yes. Like 10 out of 10. Yeah. Um, they go collect Brad Pitt and he's in his tent with like three women. Yes. And they wake him up and the little boy's like... He like he's like, uh, King Agamemnon requests your presence. He goes, uh, what did he say? He said, uh, oh, I'd love to see a day when kings fight their own war, or something yes, like yeah, that. Yeah. And then then he goes, I would never fight him. He's the he's the largest man I've ever seen. And then he goes, That's why no one will remember your name. I know. I sat there and I was like, Oh damn. I know. It's such a good line. It's that's why no one will remember your name. I'm like, man. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt. We'll remember your name. I'll remember your name. Yeah. Anyways, uh, so the fact that he wasn't leading the battle, he wasn't in the war, it was was not going so well. He was a bit of a tit, right? He was a huge tit. Yeah. 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 So he wasn't really helping. Right. Um, So something important to note that during the battle, uh, Achilles brought a companion, a companion being 
Patroclus. Okay. So the relationship between Achilles and Patroclus is a key element of the stories associated okay. with the Trojan War. Its exact nature has been subject of dispute in both the classical period and modern times. In the Iliad, Homer describes a deep and meaningful relationship between Achilles and Patroclus, where Achilles is tender towards Patroclus, but callous and arrogant towards others. Who's, is Patroclus a man or a woman? A man. Okay. Homer never explicitly casts the two as lovers, but they were depicted as lovers in the archaic and classical periods of Greek literature. Okay. In the movie, however, Brad Pitt uh, was probably like nobody. Uh, Patroclus is described as Achilles' cousin. Oh. So early on in the movie, you see their relationship growing and bonding. Uh, and he looks actually very similar to Brad Pitt. Right. And he's training him to battle. Must be rough. Must be rough <laughs> to look like Brad Pitt. Can you imagine? Um, I mean, that's my life. But anyway. Um, <laughs> what a burden to bear. What a burden to bear, yes. Um, so he's described as his cousin. So okay. in the movie, Patroclus, and this time in the battle, goes against Achilles' orders. And leads his army into battle. Okay. Achilles' army would not go into battle without him, obviously. Yeah. So Patroclus steals his armor and pretends to be him. Oh, shit. The troops, by, uh, the troops fooled by this, mm. valiantly join their deceived champion. Patroclus, although strong and quick, proved to be no Achilles. And was slain on the battlefield by none other than the Trojan prince Hector. Um, which is Paris's brother. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In the movie, they really play Hector as the, um, I guess, the leading driving force of the Trojan army. Right. And he's like the next in line. I can't picture him. He's handsome. Who's Paris in the movie? Uh, Orlando Bloom. Ah. Yeah, I need to rewatch Troy. Uh, I watched it last week. 10 out of 10. Yeah. I, I love it. I need to rewatch it. I love it, love it, love I will, it, love it. After this, I'll rewatch it and I'll be like, oh, that's wrong. Hmm. You know? That's who? I'll, I'll, the things that aren't quite historically accurate, I'll be like, mm, that's, not, that's incorrect. Mm, that's incorrect. Mm, yes, indeed. Um, so yeah, Hector kills him. Okay. Um, so this, of course, obviously enraged Achilles. Yep. Uh, and made the battle much more personal for him. A, because was he kind of pissed off at what's his name's? At Hector. Not Hector, but the guy for going to the battle with his armor on? Or was he just like, I'm upset that he's dead? Oh, he's, he's like, he's seeking revenge. Okay. He's, he's like... All was forgiven on his end. But well, he's, he's dead. His cousin's dead. He, no, like, I, yeah, I know, I know. But like, he wasn't still like rotted that he went in with his armor on. I mean, he's angry that he did that, and in consequence, was dead. Right. But he was mad at Hector for killing right. his cousin, okay. lover, whatever the e- equation was. It's all about a- avenging. I- exactly. Okay. Um, so this, of course, obviously enraged Achilles and made the battle much more personal. In Greek mythology, this was the turning point of the ten-year battle. Okay. Achilles then rode solo to the gates of Troy and challenged Hector to a duel. Hector accepted, and they both battled until Achilles took the life of Prince Hector in front of his wife, father, brother, child, and entire kingdom. Oof. Hector's only request upon death was to have his body returned to his family for a proper burial and allow his family to mourn. Achilles, enthralled with anger, declined and dragged Hector's body from the back of his horse all the way back to the Spartan camp. This happens in the movie, doesn't it? It does. I remember this. It's a, it's a lot. It's, it's a lot to bear. Yeah. Hector's father, King Priam, then traveled to the Spartan camp at night and begged Achilles for his son's body in order to have a proper burial. Achilles gives back his body and allows this 
uh, sorry, and allows this, and promises there will be no blood spilled for many days. Mm. Agamemnon rotted then. He's like, what do you mean you made a promise with the other king? Right. You know? Now, these kind of details, spicy details, could have been fabricated by the movie just to kind of add development and plot. Right. You're not reading from Wikipedia article. You're giving me a summary of the movie. I'm giving you summary of sections that I'm reading from Wikipedia and also from the movie. Okay. Uh, So once Achilles killed Hector... I mean, bottom line, all of it might be false. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Once Achilles killed Hector, he lost the will to continue the fight. He's Mm -hmm. like, why are we doing this? He's like, I have no business being here anymore. His only connection left to Troy and to the war was for Bryces, was the girl. Okay. Uh, Whom he loved? Sure. Loved. Physically. Yeah. Yeah. Who returned, who he allowed to return back to Troy. So when Priam came to collect uh, his son, he said, you can go on and and go with him as well. Right. Um. Which is a little bit of a question mark also, because, I mean, who's to say? Yep. Yeah. Um, so that leads into that. Agamemnon, frustrated and running out of resources, needed to end this 10-year dispute. Okay. Odysseus devised a plan to create a hollow horse made Who's of wood. Who's Odysseus? Agamemnon's brother? Nope. Odysseus is just uh, a captain. Okay. I didn't really introduce you to him in this story. Great. But, fun fact, he is the actor... Uh, Sean, uh, not Penn, Sean, ooh, 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 help, help. He, um, he was in Lord of the Rings. He was Boromir. He was in the Game oh, of Thrones. Oh, yeah. He was in the Game of Thrones as, um, um season one. Yeah, uh, what's his nibs? Yeah. No, I know exactly who you're talking about. I don't know his name. It's Sean. I don't know. Cool. But he sort of looks like if Russell Crowe and Alan Doyle had a baby. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, so, so it's that actor. Okay, so Odysseus. 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 Sean. Sean. <laughs> um, so he decided to come up with the plan of creating a hollow horse, an okay. animal that was sacred to the Trojans, with the inscription written on it, the Greeks dedicate this thank offering to Athena for their return home. So it was an offering to the gods for a safe return home. Okay. The hollow horse was obviously filled with soldiers, mm. led by Odysseus. The rest of the army burned their camp and sailed to Tenedos. When the Trojans discovered that the Greeks were gone, believing the war was over, they joyfully dragged the horse into their city. While they debated what to do with it, some thought they ought to hurl it down from the rocks, others thought they should burn it, while others said they ought to dedicate it to Athena. Right. They ended up keeping the horse and celebrated throughout the night. The Achaeans, after the Trojans had all went to bed drunk, behind the city's walls crept out of the wooden horse and killed the sleeping population. A great massacre followed, with, uh, which continued into the day. The Trojans, fueled with desperation, fought back fiercely despite being disorganized and leaderless. With the fighting at its heights, some donned uh, fallen enemies, attire, and launched surprise counterattacks into chaotic street fighting. Other defenders hurled down roof tiles and anything else heavy down onto the rampaging attackers, which just seems silly. Yeah. They're They're just doing what they can. They're just hung over, and they're just grabbing anything on their nightstand Uh, table (laughs) just to try to fend them off. The outlook was grim. And eventually, the remaining defenders were destroyed along with the whole city. How many people were in this horse? Uh, enough. Seriously? It was a big horse. It was a big horse. And also, they were like obviously like the most skilled and the yeah. best. 
Agamemnon took over Troy and its remaining people, slaughtered anyone unwilling to bend the knee, and added its remaining army to his large collection. Mm. This is a name I don't think I can pronounce. Neoptolemus. N-E-O-P. So Neoptolemus. Neoptolemus. Great. Cool. He ended up killing King Priam, uh, who had taken refuge at the altar of Zeus of the courtyard. Menelaus killed Diaphobus, which was Helen's husband after Paris had died during the 10-year battle. Oh, Paris died? In the battle. Oh. So also, he had intended on killing Helen, but was overcome by her beauty, threw down his sword, and took her to the ships, and took her back to, to Sparta. Which I'm sure was not an enjoyable time in any capacity. For either of them. Now, this is my biggest discrepancy. I've read this as that's how this ends. Three different uh, websites or three different notations. In the movie, however, it's completely different. Right. So, in the movie, Paris does not die. Or at least does not depict that Paris dies. Right. In fact, very early on in the movie, when the armies of Sparta actually get to Troy, the very first battle upon their gates... Yeah. Instead, similar to what we mentioned before about the champions coming and fighting, right. Menelaus said, I want to fight Paris and kill him because of what he had done. Agamemnon said, no, don't be so stupid. I'm here to take Troy. I'm not here for your silly bullshit. Right. And said, you know, whatever. Yeah. So Paris accepted the battle. Menelaus and Paris fought to the death. In fact, none of them died. Well, not necessarily. But Menelaus was about to kill Paris, but Paris wept and cried and crawled back to his brother instead of dying. I a very, remember this. Instead of dying a very honorable death. Right. So when that happened, Hector was like, this battle is over. Yeah. Like, just go on back. We're obviously yeah. going to fight. My brother is not going to die today. Yeah. But Menelaus was like, he's a coward. This is nonsense. Hector then killed Menelaus on sight. Uh, That's what happened in the movie. Menelaus dead. Agamemnon, extra rotted, yeah. starts the attack. Paris survives. So it's a little bit of a question mark on kind of how the movie ends. I think Paris and Helen stay together forever. Everything is fine. But Menelaus actually doesn't make his way to the battle past that. Gotcha. But according to every other yeah. documentation of the battle, Menelaus ends up taking Helen back to Sparta. Paris died well before that moment. Right. And uh, she had remarried somebody else in the meantime. Yeah, I would say the movie is probably fictionalized. A bit. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. But I like that, though. Me too. So the death of Achilles. Okay. Even if considered uh, solely as it... Uh, sorry. Yeah, even if considered solely as it occurred in the oldest resources, is a mm. complex one mm. with many different versions. Okay. In the oldest one, the Iliad, and as predicted by Hector during his dying breath, the hero's death was brought about by Paris uh-huh. with an arrow to his heel. In some versions, the god Apollo actually guided Paris's arrow. Some retellings also state that Achilles was scaling the gates of Troy and was hit with a poisoned arrow. Mm-hmm. All of these versions deny Paris any sort of valor, uh, owing to the common conception that Paris was a coward and not the man his brother Hector was. Right. And Achilles remained undefeated on the battlefield. In the movie, however, um, Brad Pitt is running around looking for the girl that he had loved, yeah. found her. Paris saw that Achilles had her, thought yeah. that it was like aggression or thought he was going to kill her, and shot an arrow, piercing his Achilles tendon, his heel. Right. Obviously, Brad Pitt, 
you know, I keep calling him Brad Pitt, but Achilles turns around yeah. and faces him. Yeah. Shoots him three more times with three different arrows to the chest. Mm. Similar to how Boromir dies in Lord of the Rings. Right. The with the ring. Sean. And each time he keeps taking a step towards Paris and rips the arrows out of his chest. Yeah. Obviously, dying from his wounds, he falls in the middle of the courtyard with only one arrow remaining. In his heel. In through his heel. Which mm. then eventually leads to the stories in the myth about Achilles' heel being the only thing that could kill Achilles. Right. Right. So the historicity of the Trojan War is still subject to debate. Mm. Most classical Greeks thought that the war was a historical event, but many believed that the Homeric poems had exaggerated the events to suit the demands um, of poetry, obviously. Right. You know, why let the truth get in the way of a good story? Absolutely. Yeah. For instance, a historian who is known for being obviously critical considers that it was a true event, but doubts that 1,186 ships were actually sent to Troy. There's a lot of ships. Yeah, it's a lot of ships. Um, Another person started, or there was a well-known Greek who was known for starting to change Greek myths at will. Mm. including those of the Trojan War. So near the year 100 AD, Dio Chrysostom, no, no, argued that while the war was historical, it ended with the Trojans actually winning, and the Greeks attempted to actually hide that fact and to change history. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Around 1870, it was generally agreed upon in Western Europe that the Trojan War had never actually happened, and that Troy never actually existed. Then Heinrich Schliemann popularized his excavations at Hisarlik Kanakal, <laughs> their places. Um, which, and then, sa, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so during his excavations of those places, which he and others believed to end up being the city of Troy okay, and the Mycenaean cities of Greece. So they think Troy is, was part of Greece? Uh, well, they thought, no, no, these, these places that Heinrich Schliemann yes. um, was doing excavations on, later he discovered that this was probably Troy, I and see. then he was able to later then discover what he thought was the Mycenaean cities of Greece. Okay. So some people believe that the Great Battle of Troy was the ending of the Greek mythological age and the beginning of the modern age. Mm-hmm. Today, many scholars agree that the Trojan War is based on a historical core of a Greek expedition against the city of Troy. Mm-hmm. But few would argue that the Homeric poems faithfully represent the actual events of the war. But if, say it's all true, sure. and, and they they took Troy and won, yep. do they then destroy the entire city and, and now there's no... They ra- burned Troy to the ground, but like in the instance of, in the capacity of like, now this is ours, we're going to burn it to the ground and then maybe they'll leave it. Maybe they'll reclaim it. Maybe they'll do something like that. Maybe they burn it to the ground, and then it's now where another city is, and and no one knows. Sure. Okay, yeah. Sure, 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 sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's not like there are documents of, like, Troy then turn into Roy, and then Roy was like, I'm done calling her Roy, and she's St. John's Newfoundland. Like, it didn't ever become that. Right, right, right. Um, Like, they didn't dump the tea in the sea, and then... No. You know, declared independence. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but yeah, that's the great battle of Troy and the story of Helen of Troy, the woman whose face launched a thousand ships. Well, I did not know it was not 100% fact. It is not that at all. Did you not know either until you started researching it? Uh, yeah. 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 Well, because to be honest with you, the movie makes it more 
like like it could be historically accurate. Yeah. Because it's just the story of men and battles mm-hmm. and armies mm-hmm. and greed and lust and envy. And then the only thing that seems mythological is the the fact that they make reference to the gods. Yes, because but never the same like, way yeah. the same way they would ever make reference to gods like today or yesterday. Yes, or well exactly. Sort of, like, There's no like, oh yeah, and then the gods all brought down an apple and showed up at Paris's front step. Exactly. But yeah. when I read that portion of yeah. it, I go, hmm. Yeah. Obviously this isn't factual. No. So But but like think about how they would tell tales. And this is the biggest thing of like Let's bring you way back to before anyone could read or write, yeah. or very few people could read or write. Yeah. And you had to tell and share stories. You know, a lot of times they were oral based, they were stories that were told, but also, right. like, if you were to document certain things, right. um, how is the best way to tell a story is to, to make it relevant to the audience that you're telling it to? Yeah. Right? So, for instance, and that's how I kind of look at polytheistic religions versus like monotheistic. Mm-hmm. Like, so obviously, you know, Catholics and stuff like that, and Christians yeah. believe in one God, obviously, yeah. right? Um, and you just have to deal with it. But yeah. polytheistics, you have this, the sun God, the water God, the yes. you know the air yeah. God. They have these yes. all these gods. Yeah. But if you were to try to describe God as an entity yeah. to any given person in any given instance, you would have to make it relevant to that person. Yeah. So if you were to explain it to someone who try to describe it as someone who's on the water, what better way to describe God than it is the thing that creates the water and makes the yes. motion move. And yes. all of a sudden, then their depiction becomes, um, what's the water god? Poseidon. Poseidon, right? And then people who depend on the sun to grow crops. Well, it's Apollo. And, and, yeah. and then, then all of a sudden, you, you create things, right? So mm. I don't know where I'm going with this. Um, I guess you're just saying, like, to make it relevant and to make the story more like... I mean, the way that you tell any, like, children's story... yeah. It's all, and and in my mind, a lot of the Bible, Yeah, no one can deny so many aspects of the Bible. Even my grandmother, she's very religious, but she is also like, you know, obviously Moses didn't put one of each, two of each animal on a boat. Yes, like, like who's That's not who? factual. No, 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 no. But all There's the like, stories can... are like, it's the same thing as like, like how would you don't just... go in the woods because there are fairies in there who will eat you. Exactly. Or whatever. It just exactly. means don't go in the woods. You'll get lost and we can't find you. Exactly. So how yeah. can we describe it? in, we'll call it layman's terms, how this happened. But how can we do it to shine the light on God to say that God was the one who did this? I think it's the same thing as this story. I think this battle truly happened. Were there thousands and thousands and thousands of men? No, probably not. Was Achilles invincible? No, probably not. But he was damn good. He was damn good. Yeah. Right? Um, Did the gods give an apple to Paris and promise help? No. But how could they incorporate the gods and it's the gods' will and it's the gods kind of playing toy soldiers and trying to move the dice and doing these kinds of things? And and that's how. So I think it's kind of why let the truth get in the way of a good story. Yeah. And also, like, let's make sure you remember the story. It's not a history lesson. It's... Well, how did it all start? Well, the gods. The gods right? said then, it to then, happen. Yeah, nine-year-old, whatever Greek name they would have. Exasius. Exasius, Masocles, or whatever, <laughs> was like, hang on now, Artinian magistrory. <laughs> Let me tell you about <laughs> the gods who gave Paris this apple. It's like, if, it, if it was just like... There was a king who liked a girl and yeah. wanted a girl. Literally, like, if Avril Lavigne just sang her song, he wanted yes. her. Yeah. She never told No one would remember. Seen. No one would remember. No one remembers Avril It would Levine. just be a spiteful battle amongst mortal humans over the lust of a woman. Absolutely. Which, to be honest with you, I would go to war for my woman. Jeff, hmm. and you will, and I will make sure that you do, and I will be at your side. Yeah, will you be the Menelaus to my Agamemnon? Or, well, I would, no, no, I, no, would you be the Agamemnon to my Menelaus? I didn't like how either of them were described in the story, but yes. Or, would you be the Hector to my Paris? 
Mm, again, I didn't like... Uh, Hector sounds like a great guy. He's a great guy. But Paris sounds like a tit. But I'm Paris. No, you're not. Okay. You're way, more, you be the, you're way more Gryffindor than a Paris. But would you be the Patrick list to my Achilles? Uh, Except not in a very homosexual way, as depicted by the Iliad. Uh, yes, but also uh, the whole thing with going in the battle... And like wearing pretend, my pretend armor. I was you, I'd be like, no, 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 I'm not going without Jeff. No. I'm going to do this. Jeff's coming. Maybe we're going to create our own Greek mythological story, starting now. And we will. Because the gods willed it. Jophocles. Jophocles. Evanopolis. Evanopolis. <laughs> <laughs> the 13th. <laughs> Often confuses the 7th. <laughs> X-I-I-I. Yes. Indeed. Right? So here we are, Evan. That is all about the story of the Battle of Troy. Thank you. It was great. Loved it. I'm going to rewatch the movie. You got to. Yeah. I, th- I don't remember anything about the Trojan horse in the movie. That happens, presumably. It definitely happens. I will tell you, after after Hector dies, yeah. it kind of loses momentum. Well, to be honest, I've watched the movie more than once, I'm sure, but like, I don't remember much. Like there are scenes where when I watch them, I go, "I know oh, you yeah, don't remember much as it is." Well, in general, yes. but like I think it was one of the movies that like my high school had. Like you know how your high school has like seven DVDs. Yes, one of them was Troy. So you put it on, and then you'd be like, you'd only get forty five minutes in before the class was over, and you wouldn't watch it again because today was movie day, and that was it. So I think part of that, and also part of like it, definitely loses steam. It it really does. It 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 hits a it hits a little bit of a wall. But you would think the Trojan horse thing is the pinnacle. Like that's where we're headed. But it's not. No, I don't I don't know. But I will tell you and the, I'm trying to Google a lot of them. Yeah. Uh there's a lot of like great one liners in there. Oh uh, yeah, I bet. A lot of great one liners. Like yeah. when they're when they're on the boats like sailing towards Troy. Yeah. Achilles oh so in the movie, um, Achilles is trying to decide whether or not he actually wants to go to the, to, to war for Agamemnon because right. he hates Agamemnon. Yeah, but Odysseus, who is Achilles' friend, comes to me like, "Hey, like, come to battle," and he's like, "No, I don't want to." <laughs> and he's like, "Please," he's like, "No," he's like, "Please, no." But he said, "You know what? This will just be another battle for Agamemnon." But mm-hmm. the reality is, this is going to be the biggest war of all time. Right, and comes it glory. Hmm. Right, people, and he kept like people will remember your name. Right, and that's a a, a a reoccurring theme of like legacy, your legend, your people remember your name, like that kind of yeah. I I don't know metaphor or, or, or illusion throughout the throughout the movie. Yeah, and they keep bringing that back and forth, yeah. and he's toying with the idea of going to war. So he sees his mother, who in I guess in Greek mythology is a demigod, oh. or or is a god, and he is a demigod. Achilles? Achilles, okay. yeah. Which is why he's like kind of mortal, but not immortal, that kind of thing. Orpheus style. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Um, so he sees his mother in the lake, and they're talking, and she says, if you go there, you will kill many men. You will be remembered for all of time. There'll be books and songs and things, yeah. and like they will remember you forever. But you're going to die. But you're going to die. Right. She said, if you stay here, you will meet a beautiful woman. You'll have many children. Your children will remember your name. Your children's children will remember your name. That's but when it. they die, that is it. He ended up deciding to go to battle. Right? Oof. He just wanted glory. He wanted that, and I can I can empathize with that. Hashtag Slytherin. Has, you, there's a little bit of that. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, and when he goes, one of like the greatest lines, like when they're going towards the Trojan shore and they see all of the soldiers waiting for them. Right. They 
row faster yeah. to get ahead of them to go battle the the sands by themselves. And uh, Agamemnon's like, those fools, like they're just gonna die. Like they're literal idiots. Yeah. And the entire time Achilles like gives his big speech and he's like, right. see that? That's the shore over there. That's immortality. It's yours. Take it. Oh yeah. Immortality. Like it's oh. yours. Take it. Yeah. Like that's yeah. a it's a very Voldemort kind of Trying to defeat death, trying to create immortality, trying to live. Well, forever. yes and no. Voldemort literally was a more immortality, not a not a not a a hypothetical immortality of like my name will live on. Voldemort was like, I'm never going to die, never going to give you up, never going to, you know what I mean, never going <laughs> to, never going to lose my nose. Yeah, J.K. J.K. Rowling. <laughs> Rowling. Um, but uh, yeah, but yes. But I think it comes from that's that that same conceit that same yes. like level of yeah a fear of of death and, and but there's the element of honor which is so interesting too yeah i, I mean i guess so achilles well, I mean, showed well, no honor to to hector no true you know? and also like Vald- yeah he's definitely a slytherin um but like voldemort in in his own beliefs had honor of like i do, i believe there should only be pure, pure blood yeah and That's- he did show remorse and honor to people who followed him and, mm-hmm. and he was very well to a degree, um, to remorse. What are you talking about? To to people who served him, whom, uh, like Bellatrix and Malfoy's and the Malfoy's. He showed re- remorse. Well, I don't use the word remorse, but maybe repentance. Uh, no, um, repentance. No, um, yeah, remorse. Not remorse, but like, like mercy? when Bellatrix dies, he screams. Is that what you mean? No, no, no. When when they when Harry, Ron, and Hermione are at the Malfoy's mansion. Yeah. And they escape just as Voldemort shows up. Obviously, they were in big, big trouble. But later, they're fine. So he does show... Like he didn't murder them. He didn't murder them. Versus no. people who he has murdered. He literally he went to Green Gods. them? And, uh, no. It doesn't actually exclusively say he tortured them. Yes, it does. Mm, no, it don't. Mm-hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> we will find it. Uh, I think it does. It doesn't matter. But uh, it does matter. It does. It it does. does. (laughs) (laughs) I may revoke the best man title. You can't. I know. Once given publicly, can never be returned. Well, until this episode reaches our listeners' ears on Thursday morn, I post the episodes. (laughs) That's very true. You have all the control. Um, Don't fight me. You can win. Um, Mm. You will win. I will. Um, win. Anyway, so yay, great, loved that episode. I just, yeah. Sorry. I just want to keep talking about it because I love it so much. It's so good. Let's yeah. go watch the movie right now. No, we can't. No. Nope. So um, um, but next week, stay tuned. There's two, I think next week is two listener sentence. I have no idea what you're talking about. It is. It's uh, Peter, Andrew, and Zoe. We're doing red meat. Why shouldn't you eat it? Yes. And Anonymous, the organization. Yes, yes, Anonymous. yes, 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 yes. And uh, yep, I'm here for it. I'm here for it too. Yeah. Don't know anything about either. Nope. Uh, can't wait. Nope. Um, I mean, yep. Stay tuned. Uh, it's going to be a great uh, series of episodes. We actually, uh, about two minutes before we started recording, came up with the following episode, and we have another one after that. So we have a lot of like really great momentum. We're pre-planning. We are moving at a quick pace. Soon we'll be outside the Splane Loft, and we're, we're we can see the shore, and we're speeding up to get there. Yes, and because I'm screaming. I'm saying, "See that? That's immortality. It's yours. Take it." The podcast is immortality. When we are dead and gone, the podcast lives on. <gasps>
Oh my god. That rhymed. Is this how I'm going to be remembered? God, I hope not. Um, but yeah, so this is episode 21. We've yep. made it to the ending. Uh, I think it was a lovely episode. Uh, a lot of landmarks. Troy was uh, besieged. The American Constitution was written and the Declaration of yes. Independence. And you became the best man. I can't talk about it right now. No, Evan can cry. Um, I will. <laughs> I'm so happy. I'm going to start planning right now. What's your wedding planning. next October? Not October, not yeah. A month from now, but a year and a month. That's correct. Yeah, I got to start planning now. What are you going to plan, old man? So many things. I will tell you, there are parameters that we need to discuss, but we'll get there. We don't need to discuss them on the podcast. No, probably not. No, okay. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> um, something else that we need to talk about is our shirts, yes. which are great. Um, we just kind of, well, as of four days ago, three days ago, we, cl- we cut off. Our pre order for the uh, second batch. Yep. We had lots out. We do have a couple of extras that we did order. So if you did happen to miss it, you can just email us. We may have the size. We may not. If not, you know, sucks to suck, I guess. I mean, they're not gone forever, no. but they're gone for now. Yeah, they're gone for now. Right? And yep. if there's a demand to bring them back, we'll bring them back. Indeed. Or something else. Yeah. We don't know. We know. Nothing. Indeed. I think I think we've made that clear from the beginning. Yes, we have we have spent twenty episodes letting you know 21. how little we know. Well, now this is the end of twenty one, but anyone who's listening now has listened to other twenty episodes. Yep. Presumably. And you know what? If you haven't gone back and listened to the catalog, then of who our, are you? Honestly. How dare you? Who do you think you are to simply click? On the most relevant episode, the one that speaks to you. How many, how, how many uh, jokes from previous episodes are we bringing up? That you're going, what does that even mean? Is that even funny? It's hilarious. We are amazing. Catch up. God dang it. We'll love. So please go follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Please. Like us, subscribe, do all that kind of fun stuff. Uh, we've been getting testimonials. We've been getting emails. We've been getting messages. We love them. It's what drives us to continue to do what we do. So if you are listening, just simply let us know. Let us know what you like. Uh, don't tell us what you don't like. And give us suggestions. We'd love to hear it. And also, please go um, subscribe to whatever podcast uh, vehicle you're using and rate us and write us a little review. Please do it. Just one small favor. Come on. If you want to send in an episode, we are getting through them. We've got a list. Mm-hmm. Um, we're knocking two off next week. There's still more to come. Yep. So don't think that if you sent one in, we're ignoring you. No, nope. we aren't. Um, but we want more. We do want Bring more. Bring them on. Yep. So inv- yeah, email us at info.splainit at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. We hope you learned something this week. And if you didn't, there's always next week. All right, big energy, buddy. Big energy, Jeff. Mm-mm-mm, yeah. Here we go. One, two, three, two, one. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't know when to clap. Then, well, just follow the beat. You're a musician. Yeah.